Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. The Golden Knights prepare for the Canadian trip for three crucial games. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco. You could follow us at Locked On VGK or me at Tony Dasco on Twitter. Chris Golick is here. He can be found at TD Chris G on Twitter. And that is like a touchdown TD Chris G on Twitter. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online where the game starts. Chris, the Golden Knights welcomed back Max Pacioretty on Saturday night, a six to one romp over Arizona, just like we had called. We told you the Coyotes were headed backward and they pretty much are done and they appear to play that way. Uh, VGK went up two to nothing. The first uh, couple of quick goals within 17 seconds of each other. Then the Coyotes came back in that game with the goal before the end of the first period. And after that, it was all VGK. And let's just talk first about uh, the Golden Knights and the way that they approached that game. Uh, six different players scored goals in the contest. And I thought that, you know, they played, they just did their job. It wasn't anything spectacular, uh, but in the end, they get those much needed two points. This was the beer league uh division situation where you have like a D level beer league team playing like a B level beer league team. The D level team is going to get a couple scoring chances. The game might be in the balance in the first period. And then after that, the, the lower level team is not going to have much of a shot. And that's kind of how this game went. It was not a great game by the golden Knights. I don't think we need to overstate that. It, it, they played the game they needed to play. They got the win. They got a six to one victory, which on paper is good. Power play still not good. The game was somewhat close for a short period of time. Vegas came out. They got their two goal lead relatively early. Comments I've made the last couple of times we talked, though, they could not put them away in the first period. And there was a short window for about the last four or five minutes of uh, the first period where Arizona had some shots. So, Good that we got the win. Good it was a 6-1 to one victory. Good that we have some momentum going on the three-game roadie up to up to Canada, but we're going to need to be a lot better. Yeah, I got to tell you, you know, our Twitter feed at LockdownVGK was on fire yesterday. <laughs> uh, I should say on, uh, on uh, Saturday because, you know, what happened was uh, Robin Leonard started for the third straight game. He is not only the Panda, but he is Mr polarization like people either love him or hate him um i think a lot who of fans him? who well, loves him uh his family did you know they Fair were enough. high-fiving him there on the other Fair side enough. of the glass uh, i call him i don't call him the panda and this guy has nothing to do with anything off the ice again on ice performance but i call him the walrus because when he when he goes down he just can't get back up again it's just like it's pretty sloppy i don't know if he's the goaltender that would bring home a Stanley Cup for the Golden Knights. Serviceable, I guess that's the best way to put it. I thought he did a pretty good job. He had some pretty good saves. He didn't have a lot of high-danger shots coming his way. 
um, but he played well enough. And so let's talk for a second. I know that this was not on our topics list, but Robin Leonard, like, again, the fans' reaction to him, is it mostly due to the fact that, you know, the franchise had traded away Marc-Andre Fleury, or are fans just not feeling Robin Leonard? Because I get, like, every time, like, he he plays, either people really do like him. There, there are a, a lot of people that like him, or at least they say, if you're going to support this team, you should be rooting for Robin Leonard. But then there's a lot of fans that just don't like Robin Leonard. So the Golden Knights have nine games left in the regular season. Last night tells me one thing. Robin Leonard is going to start the final nine games of the regular season. It is his net. There is no wavering. A four-game winning streak from Logan Thompson and a 9-3, save percentage. No, this is Robin Leonard, the Walruses net, and that's not going to change. <laughs> um, yes, as hockey fans, as Golden Knight fans, support the player putting on that jersey. Show them all the love you can. They're human. These are human beings, and he took his Twitter away for a reason. He deleted that Twitter for a reason. He doesn't want to deal with the nonsense that many Golden Knight fans bring, and I completely understand that. Yes, your comments are spot on. Once he's down, it's it takes a second. It takes a second, and there is at least one or two times a game where something's going to happen. There's going to be a scramble. He's going to be moving left to right, right to left, whatever it may be. He's going to go down, and at times his head is facing the net with his backside facing the puck. And true, he's he's a big guy. His job is not to get low low and make those quick uh, flopping saves like Marc-Andre Fleury used to, or like Logan Thompson does to an extent, right? Robin yeah. Leonard's job is to be a big body, and the less he moves, the better he's playing, as strange as that sounds. Now, the Golden Knights play at Vancouver on Tuesday, Thursday at Calgary, Saturday at Edmonton. One thing that is still bothering me about the Golden Knights game, unforced errors. A lot of turnovers, particularly in the first period on Saturday night. BGK still not protecting the puck. It's those unforced errors that are just hurting them. And at times, they just can't clear the zone. The forecheck was pretty good Saturday. But again, those turnovers, that could come back to really hurt this team down the stretch. Yeah, for a clean or for a 6-1 victory, it was not a clean performance. It was a good enough performance, but... Again, we're talking the difference of, you know, an A-B beer league team against, you know, a D-slash-E league beer team where the higher level team, they just got to kind of go through the motions and maybe a game like Arizona, you simply hope that it was just that, right? You hope they were, in a sense, playing down a little bit to their competition. And Vancouver, this is Vancouver's chance at the playoffs on the 12th on Tuesday. This is Vancouver's chance. This is going to have to be the best game of the season for the Vegas Golden Knights because they're going to get the best possible effort that Vancouver can offer. So it's time to clean up those uh, those turnovers. It's time to score a power play goal. Please, someone, you know, Pedro, Pedro Serrano needs to sacrifice a live chicken in, uh, in Major League to get the bat going. So maybe, uh, maybe the boys got to eat some KFC or something in the locker room on Tuesday to get that power play going. I don't know, but figure something else. 
I want to talk, Chris, about Chandler Stevenson. He notched his 40th assist of the season on Saturday night. Let's talk about how valuable Stevenson is, how how valuable he has become. He didn't cost much for the Golden Knights. He was a fourth liner, basically, in Washington. He can play anywhere. He seems like a guy that just shows up and works, a blue-collar guy every single day. You don't hear much out of him. I don't believe he'll complain about anything. And I just really appreciate his game and everything that he's done for the Golden Knights. And at the midway point, Chris, I thought he was the most valuable player on this team, and I felt that he should have been an all-star. That's how much I really feel uh, the contributions of Chandler Stevenson have helped the Golden Knights. That's totally fair, and I think we'll start with the all-star perspective. It's definitely fair, but also, just like you said, he's not a big media guy. He's not big on social media. You're not going to get too many sound bites out of him in the post game, they're going to make the paper net the next morning. He's just not that type of guy. He's a silent leader. He's fun. The teammates obviously love him as a person and as a a line one, line two, line three center. And going back, McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, they're under a lot of fire right now, and rightfully so to a degree. But George McPhee has history going back with Chandler Stevenson all the way to Washington. So I'm not sure what McPhee – you know, looking back at his stats, 18 points was his highest point total he achieved in Washington, but yet the Golden Knights still went out and uh, got him. And I mean, look what's happening right now. Like you said, just got his 40th assist. He's got 57 points this year, um, 14 and 21 last year, 19, 28 and 14. I mean, without him on that first line until Jack Eichel was around, what would have happened? And we remind you that coming up next, that was not a penalty. You are listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted better gut health, more energy, and I also wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. Now I've been on it for about eight weeks, and I absolutely love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has a kind of mild, tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. It's really good. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to help you start the day right. The price? Well, it costs less than $3 a day. You are investing in your health, and it's cheaper than if you were to buy a cold brew. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And Athletic Greens has over 7,500 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, it is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back and thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. 
It is free and available wherever you get podcasts. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. Chris, let's get to the bottom of this. Andrew Ladd, on his follow-through, he hits Matias Yanmark in the mouth with his hockey stick. The fans wanted a penalty. It was not. Ref, you suck. That's what we heard. And even on the television broadcast, they were imploring the fans to back off. They said, this is not a penalty. Now, you do ref a lot of hockey on all levels. Can you tell us the ruling on what in what is a high stick and what isn't? So my son, me and my son were at the game, and my son was cute. Obviously, my son Christopher knows I am a, a hockey official, and he said, Daddy, do you think the refs can hear that? I said, absolutely. And they're thinking in their heads, like, folks, just open a rule book. Just take a second. So long story short, a high stick is one carried above the height of the opponent's shoulders, must be in control and responsible for their stick. However, a player is permitted accidental contact on an opponent if the act is committed as a normal windup or follow-through of a shooting motion or accidental contact on the opposing center who's bent over during a face-off. That's the short version of it. So long story short, it was simply a shot, a follow-through. It actually deflected off of the shaft of Yanmark's stick and got him. I couldn't tell if it was, they only showed it once at T-Mobile. I couldn't tell if it was the jaw or somewhere like around the cheek area, but it got him. It got him good. He was down for a second. And the second I saw, there was a stoppage of play pretty quick after that. The Coyotes bench actually got mad that there was a stoppage of play because they were in control of the puck. The ref must have felt the injury was bad enough to the point where play needed to be stopped out of, out of a safety. But the second I saw the official skate over to a Dober, you saw the interaction, the official nodded, explained, and Dober simply said, okay, nod his head and, and skated away. At that point, I knew exactly what happened. So long story short, if it is a shooting motion, either wind up or follow through and you hit him in the face, it's unfortunate, but it's not a penalty. And so if that weren't in this shooting action, uh, in that motion by Andrew Ladd, just again, so the fans understand it as well, uh, if it were an accidental stick per se or an intentional stick, Matthias Yanmark, there was blood drawn. So that would have drew a two-minute penalty plus an additional two minutes, right? You could go, so if there's blood, it's a, you can go four or five, a double minor or a major, uh, depending on the severity and um, the level of intent, potentially, that the officials uh, felt there were at the time. And now you were around a lot of the fans at the game, and what was their initial reaction? Was most of the crowd, I heard a pretty big roar from the crowd, and again, that reps you suck chant, but were a lot of the fans engaged in this, and did they really not have a, a clue that this was, you know, not a, not a penalty? Of course, and, and that's fair. I mean, how many fans have picked up a rule book and have gone that deep into a rule book to completely understand something like that? That's, it's just normal. It's part of the game. Fans were engaged, I guess, right? So let's give uh, props for that. I think as time went on, you know, the first thing you, you do in a game is you're watching the game and then if something weird happens, you, you, you go to Twitter, you go somewhere to see what happened. And it was pretty quick, as I mentioned um, in our interactions, you know, I explained what the rule was and all the other uh, major uh, Twitter hockey uh, groups were all uh, saying the same thing there. So I think there was some shock and awe at first. And then uh, as time went on, everyone's like, okay, refs still suck, but 
it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of those people that were tweeting out were also, you know, with uh, Logan Thompson's friends in the basement, probably tweeting out <laughs> ah, during good. the game. But well yes, and you, you also did, you included a nice video as well that we posted on at Lockdown VGK last night and uh, Saturday night, I should say. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's one of those things. And again, like there are a lot of hardcore hockey fans in this city. But then again, you have to understand that this franchise is only now in its fifth season. And a lot of these fans truly, because when I go to games, I'm like, no, that's not what that play was, you know. <laughs> and a lot of the fans were, were newbies and they still have not caught on to the, uh, the hockey game and all the rules and everything else. And they just know when the, when the puck goes into the net. Uh, I wanted to talk more, just a little bit more about uh, Max Pacioretty. Uh, you were there live. How did he look? He seemed to have some good jump. He scored the goal in the game. It seems every time he comes off of the injured list, he just comes out and he scores a goal. And he did so last night in that first period, right after Zach Whitecloud scored a goal for VGK. So a few things on Max. Um, I liked his role last night. I liked him with Stevenson, number one, just for the skill factor. Um, he was on the third line, which meant his minutes would be a little more limited versus if he was up there uh, on line one with uh, Eichel, obviously. So they wanted to ease him back into everything, which was certainly a good thing. I looked at the um, Kevin uh, gentleman sits behind me, another day one season ticket holder, and I felt that Pacioretty was going a little slow off of his left leg, as weird as that sounds. Huh. Um, we were, we pointed good out observation. a few different good observation. Times. Yeah. Was that, yeah. I just I said, that's a good observation. Yeah. His left leg seemed to be what was hampering him a tiny, tiny bit in the first few shifts of the game. I didn't feel in the beginning, he was offering a whole lot on the back check. So as he's chasing down uh, who's ever breaking out for uh, the coyotes, I didn't think he had a lot of jump in his step early on in the game. And that's not a criticism by any means. He's, a thousand times a skater I'll ever be. And he's a professional athlete. Like that's not me criticizing him. I think that's just his way of getting back into it. He also did not play the final 10 minutes of the game because obviously the game was well in hand. He didn't re-injure anything to the best of my knowledge. So I think the team used him the right way. He was a contributor. He did get that uh, second goal of the game, which the crowd absolutely erupted when they called his name for the goal being scored. He got into position and he just, he finds a way to get himself into positive offensive positions on the ice. And just like Alec Martinez, who is now looking a lot better than he did after his first few games, just like as Jack Eichel has just been an absolute beast after his first couple of games, if Patch Reddy can just keep it healthy, he's going to be a huge key to uh, us potentially making, uh, not potentially, to us making the playoffs. Coming up next, we will talk about Braden McNabb. He had a big game on Saturday night against the Coyotes. You are listening to Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including everything that you had this past week, including golf odds. They had those and podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues. NBA playoffs are coming up for everything this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. 
Have you tried Built Bar Puffs? Well, if you haven't, you are missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. The Puffs, they are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. There are a lot of incredible flavors, including yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite. And most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. It is free and available on all platforms. And for your next listen, check out Not Locked On Now. Nightly recaps of every NHL game with your local experts, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick. And Chris, let's talk about Braden McNabb. Sensational game on Saturday night, including his first goal in 45 games. It was also his third goal of the season. Where did that slap shot come from? So immediately when he scored that goal, I heard a deflection. I think at first I thought, I think Yanmark or Pacioretty was on the path to, to the net, if I'm not mistaken. And I originally thought it was Pacioretty's goal, but I think it hit a defenseman on the way in. Or a Yeah, I think, it, again, we watched a few replays too, you know, at home on TV. And uh, yeah, it looked like it might, because it definitely changed direction, right? On that slap shot. Uh, but it was, I think, 100%. Off of, I, I heard it the shirt of a defenseman. I think it was off the body or the shirt of a defenseman. Yeah, either way. And listen, put the puck on the net. Good things happen. We'll, we'll ask questions later about, you know, who scored and everything. But that's the important thing. And there was a play that he made in the third period that really showed his confidence. He's not Petrangelo. He's not Shea Theodore, where he's going to make this cut and make the winger miss on a forecheck. That's not his game. But he made one of those plays where he did just that. He received a pass, faked right, goes left, comes down the left circle, and gets a pretty high-quality scoring attempt. And he's had a few goals like that where he does come up that wing and gets it over the goalie's shoulder. He does have some scoring touch. Um, Some interesting things I'm looking at here right now. So in his last 40 games... He has only been a minus seven of those 40 games. So he's taken care of a home base, if you will, and making sure that uh, they're not scoring when he's out there. And the other side of this, in his last four games, now he's all of a sudden got, uh, he's got five points. So he's starting to contribute now on the offensive side. And again, that's the type of things we're going to need down the stretch. And once we make the playoffs, I'm going to stick to that story uh, until uh, until it's not. Um, but someone like that who can step up on both sides when you don't expect it, that can make uh, make all the difference in the world as we uh, go down the home stretch here. And Braden McNabb, uh, he has been relied on to block a lot of shots. He was leading the NHL before he got injured. And so everyone talks about all the contributions of Alec Martinez, but Braden McNabb is also one of those players that is not afraid to jump in front of the puck 
and to take one for the team. And he's done an outstanding job there. Uh, we know about his hip checks and we know that he can check and he's a good, uh, really solid guy all around. And they definitely need him. And it's just a bonus, right? Whenever you could get Braden McNabb to score points for you, uh, I think that's a major bonus for VGK and something that they could uh, definitely use down the stretch here in the final nine games. When someone like him has that confidence level to hold on to the puck for an extra second at the blue line to help something develop, again, you don't expect Braden McNabb to do that. When you're a defenseman and Shea Theodore has the puck at the blue line, it's on your mind. Okay, is he going to float this little wrist shot in that I got to get out there and block, or is he going to beat that forward? And then, I'm, and then as a defenseman, I'm going to have to make a decision. I'm either going to have to engage as Theodore's coming in and leave the middle open, or I'm going to have to stay home and hopefully I can deflect a pass. If we're, we're, Brain McNabb is not going to do that every game. Let's not get too crazy here. But a sneaky play like that in the third period of a one-goal game could be the difference of being up three to one in a series, or you know, tied two to two, or down by three games. You just never know where those big contributions are going to come from. And if Brain McNabb's going to start doing that, more power to the Golden Knights, right? A very big week, Chris, for the Golden Knights at Vancouver, at Calgary, at Edmonton. We'll start on Tuesday. And then they'll play every other day. And there are six points, six big points up for grabs on this trip. Now, I know you're going on a little bit of a vacation this week. (laughs) And I just wanted to get, I mean, six points up for grabs. I'm going to say that the Golden Knights will get three points. And would that be enough? It depends on where they get them from, I think. Uh, First of all, scoreboard watching a little bit. We're finally starting to get some of the... We're finally getting on the right side of a variance lately where some of the teams above us are either only getting one point every now and then or losing. So we're this in this race is so it's so as... wide open. It is so wide open. The playoffs are going to be so much fun because it's wide open. No one can they, they can't close the deal. They can't get to the finish line. These teams. It's a combination of that and just everything is just so uh, paper thin as far as, uh, you know, the difference of a win and a loss right now. But looking ahead to the roadie right now. Starting on, on Tuesday, that, that's a non-negotiable. You have to win that game. You have to win that game. You win that game, Vancouver is out. Calgary on Thursday, that's if there's one game you're gonna you're willing to give up, so to speak, find a way to get a point in that game, right? Find a way to get one point more power to us if we can win it, but let's find a way to hopefully get that game to overtime. And then uh, Saturday's uh, matinee against Edmonton, that's uh, that's the game, right? I mean, that could be – I know we're, I think, uh, five points behind Edmonton as of this moment. It's pretty close to that range right now. We're six points, six points behind Edmonton right now, uh, same number of games played. So that's a four-point game right now. Yeah. That is a four-point game right now. So to answer your question, if we come away with three points and we beat Vancouver – and tie Edmonton, that's not the worst. If we come away with three points, lose outright to Edmonton, but get three points in, or excuse me, lose outright to Vancouver, and then get three points between Calgary and Edmonton, it's not the worst scenario, but if we can take a team out of the hunt right now, that's the key. Winning Tuesday night in regulation all but seals a deal for Vancouver. And one of the games that really scares me on that trip, the final game at Edmonton, 
we have seen before, you know, one of the trends, and I'd have to go back and take a look at some numbers and figures, uh, where VGK, when they just have like a day and a half and they play that matinee game, they did it here at home and they got stung, forgot who they lost to. Uh, But when they play those games, a day and a half, and they're playing an afternoon game, uh, they really come out sluggish. And we really haven't seen, though, you know, when I, I think about it, Chris, we have not seen the Golden Knights just being flat out tired for an entire game. You know, they come out flat, they turn the puck over, and they have a lot of other issues. They've only, like, worn down not very often in third periods of games, maybe uh, when they were losing, you know, in that five-game losing streak on the road late in games. I think they, they might have uh, just a little pooped out a little bit, but other than that, I, I can't think of any times where they did not have their legs. So that Edmonton game, to me, is really interesting uh, next Saturday. Looking at Edmonton's schedule, they're doing pretty much the same thing the Golden Knights are, right? Tuesday night, Edmonton is going to be in Minnesota. Thursday night, they're in Nashville. So they're going to have the same type of turnaround. I'm not sure flying from Nashville to Edmonton versus Calgary to Edmonton. I'm not sure which side's logging uh, miles. I don't have my globe in front of me right now. But both teams, I think, are going to be on an even playing field as far as fatigue goes. And listen, if you can't get up for that game, then there's a bigger problem than than the fatigue factor, right? I mean, they can't go into that game the way they uh, went into the Vancouver game this past week because otherwise that could be a tremendous setback if we can't. I mean, that's a four-point game. It's a four-point game. We win that game outright. All of a sudden, we're not just trying to squeak into the playoffs by either getting wild card two or uh, division spot three, right? The second place in the division and home ice advantage in the in the first round is still potentially in play. It's a longer shot, of course, but it is in play. And it's kind of interesting to see the Vegas Golden Knights finally in the underdog, underdog role in year uh, in season five during the last uh, nine games of the stretch. It's kind of fun in some morbid way, right? Yeah, for sure. Chris, uh, thanks. Enjoy your vacation. Coming up on Tuesday, we'll preview the Vancouver game, plus much, much more. We'd like to thank everyone for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen. And for your second listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey with the host, Steel Roden, and Flip Livingstone. They help you to become the expert of your fantasy team. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. We thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you again tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights.